Uh, but, but we're so excited that you joined. And if you did not know, we are in a brand new series. It's a four-week series, so it's a quick hitter. It's August only, and we're going with Done With. And then last week it was Done With Disunity, and we're going to keep walking today in a word that I have for you. And I just want to let you know, obviously my wife would be here, and she would have been uh, making announcements with me, my beautiful wife, Lindsay, but she happens to be at home. So what happened is last week, this is two weeks in a row. She's just like never happened, uh, but this will start to happen to us, obviously, as we're leading the church. And what happened is last Sunday, our, our 10-month-old woke up. Uh, he was actually throwing up through the night on last Saturday night, and then he had a high fever Sunday morning. So I said, hey, don't worry about it. You stay home with the kids. That's our first church, right? Uh, we need to take care of that church first before this church. And I'll be like, well, this is important too. Yes, it is very important, but uh, you can lose your church but still have your family. You can't lose your family and still have your church. So I want I want to make sure that my home life is, is so I said, hey, you know, you need to stay home. And uh, so so she did. So today she's like, I'm going. I, no matter what happens. And, you know, Beckham's been kind of showing some signs. But he woke up today with about, it was almost a 105 fever. So it's dangerously high. And we kind of, he, she pumped medicine. I was already gone. And she gave him medicine right away. And he was kind of lethargic and through a lot of prayer and medicine. I think we got it down to around like 101, which is still obviously a, a fever. And he, So he's feeling a little bit under the weather. So I said, she was like, I'm, I'm I got to figure out how to come. I said, no, you don't. You got to figure out how to stay there and just get them better. And uh, we're going to go for a few days. And of course, the devil, we're trying to go out of town for a few days just to take a breather with our family. And of course, the devil would try to attack our rest. And usually that's what happens to a pastor is he attacks our rest. So I won't sleep well or we don't get a good vacation and stuff like that. But in the name of Jesus, that's not what's going to happen this week. We're going to go, we're going to have a great time, and I'll be back and refreshed and ready for next weekend, which will be week three of Done With. But today, if I preach a little angry, it's not at you. It's at the devil, and I, I hate what he's doing in, in the lives of, of people are really all over and how he's, he's, uh, he's getting us to buy into lies, and he's getting us attached to things that we should not be attached to and stuck in habits and he's telling you that you can't get out. But today I'm telling you an opposite word. You can be free. And I believe there's going to be a lot of people today that will be set free. If you have a Bible, can you go with me to 1 John 4.18? 1 John 4.18 says this. There is no fear in love, but perfect love casts out fear. For fear has, not, has to do with punishment, and whoever fears has not been perfected in love. Uh, it's unique to me that it says love is what casts out fear, and that if we still are walking with fear, we have not been perfected in love. Because, see, I, think, I thought it would be boldness. I thought it would be courage. I thought it would be a loud praise. I thought it would be a praise break moment. That's what would break my fear. In fact, it's not anything that you can do externally, but it's everything you can do internally being perfected in God's love, which means this resting in God's perfect love for you will begin to repel and cast out and break the bondages of fear that so easily entangle us. Out of all things, it's love. We thought it would be like something like so much stronger than that, but the love of God is the strongest thing. Because I always say this, it's not nails that kept him on the cross. It was love. That's what kept him on the cross. So if we live in that perfect love, fear cannot coexist with perfect 
love. 2 Timothy 1.7, I'm going King James. I'm going old school. There's going to be some haths and some thous up in this scripture. Come on, somebody help me out. For God hath not. Someone say hath not. Someone say hath. Hath. It's like a harsh word, right? But how many just feel more spiritual reading the King James Version than any other version? You're just like, I just feel like a theologian. Thank you very much. And uh, I want to I want to just read it like this. For God hath not given us the spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. Another version says self-discipline. You do not have a spirit of fear. God didn't give you that. You know what God gave you? You need to start focusing on what God gave you what he hasn't, instead of what he hasn't given you. I think a lot of times we ask God for what we don't have instead of realizing that we do have enough. We have more than enough. He's given us access to everything that we would possibly need. I know you're asking for more money, but in fact, all you needed was an abundance of peace. And God gave you that today. And I want to let you know, for God has not given you a spirit of fear, but a power of love and a sound mind. So today, this is my sermon title done with fear we are done with fear as a body as children of God as individuals as married couples as single people whoever we are whatever we're dealing with today is the day fear dies today is the day fear has met its match today is the day I turn fear in and say no longer am I going to have a fear card to turn to I'm no longer going to pull that thing out I only only going to walk in faith because I'm, being, I'm going to be perfected in the perfect love of Jesus Christ. I'm done with fear. Can you pray with me one time? God, I thank you that you are breaking fear in the house today in Jesus' name. And everybody said amen. amen. Ooh, I'm excited. I'm so pumped because I feel like today is going to be someone's day to break free from something that has haunted you for years. For God has not given you a spirit of fear. Can I capitalize on that statement in that verse, in that text, by saying this? If God did not give you the spirit of fear, who did? Where did it come from? Where did you acquire to learn how to fear? Because now, if it's not from God, it's either told to us through the enemy, or we're starting to believe that this is just how my life is supposed to go. I've realized this. If you could identify the source of your fear, you would actually begin to have clarity in your life. Because you, wouldn't, you, you would almost laugh at the source. Oh, the enemy, the one that I go to church and hear about, he's under my feet. When I read the Bible, the devil, the one that's defeated, that's the one I'm listening to. That's the one that's telling me I'm not good enough. That's the one that's telling me to stay home and not try anything new and not break out. That's the one. And the moment you can identify the source is the moment you can start to remove yourself from that bondage. And being stuck in that rhythm of fear and a habit of fear and constantly choosing fear. Because God didn't give you that spirit. But somewhere along your lifetime line. Somewhere in your life, it's been acquired. You said yes to it at some point. And what's so funny about this is even if you said yes to it, it's always possible for you to say no to that very thing. Because you acquired it, that means you can break it. That means it can break in the name of Jesus. And there's nothing that the blood of Jesus cannot own. 
and cannot cover and cannot remove. I may be old school sometimes. I may be young with skinny jeans, but I still believe in the blood of Jesus. I still believe in the blood that he shed on the cross. I believe that it can break every sin, every stronghold, every bondage, everything that I've acquired in life, including fear itself, because I believe so many people today are crippled by fear. I remember when I was young, I loved, I was that little brother. I have two older sisters. I loved to scare my sisters. I was an expert. I was so good at scaring my sisters. I would hide around the corners, and they would walk around the corner with not a worry in their mind, and I would scream bloody murder in their face with some kind of rabbit face on with a mask, and I would just, ah! right now, just scream at them, and they would pee themselves. It was beautiful. It was fantastic. Uh, this was my child, and it brought me so much joy. And, and I, would, I would scare them. I would even put a lampshade over my head and stand still in their room. And my sisters were so naive, they couldn't even see me because I was a master of disguise. I could scare them at any time, at any turn, and I would constantly scare them. Now, scaring someone over time, because I know that they're so gullible, they're going to keep coming back to the same place. And I'm going to keep doing the same thing over and over again. Because if I know their weakness, if I know if I know that they're going to keep being scared, I'm not going to stop scaring them. I want to tell you that can actually translate, even though I'm not really meaning it to, but that can translate to a lot of your lives. If the devil knows he can get you in that moment or get you by saying one sentence in your ear, guess what he's going to keep repeating? The same thing over and over and over. If he knows fear is your vice, he is going to work that for the rest of your life. He's going to know that's your weakness. He's going to know that I'm going to come at them with that angle because I know they've kept that door open. So what happened is I began to scare my sister. They, they smartened up a little bit. They would come home, and they would begin to look around the corners, and they would try to find me. I'd be under blankets. I would try to outsmart them. I would just try to scare them because I had so much joy. What's so funny about this, I never hurt my sisters. I only frightened them. I think that's a big deal when it comes to fear. Fear is not pain. Fear is being frightened. By the, by the thought of pain. Well, 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 it's got to end in pain. But I never, I know, no, I never heard of that. It just became a response that they were scared because this always happened to them. And this is just kind of what, it, so they began to look. They began to look for a safe pathway. They began to look with their own sight where to go next. This is what fear causes you to do. It causes for you to start as a Christian. Instead of walking by faith, you're walking timidly, looking around corners that God called you to boldly walk around and say, well, is it safe? Only if it's, only if it's safe, then I'll walk. But God said, I want you to walk even if it's dangerous because even in the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil for he's going to be my comfort. He's going to be my shepherd. And I don't care where I have to walk. I don't care where I have to go. If my God is with me, then who be against me? For greater is he that is in me than he that's in the world. And there's no weapon formed against me that's going to prosper. I will not fear. I can't fear I can't waste time looking around every corner that God speaks for me to walk in faith in. If he told you to go, why are you not? Why, why are you stopping right where you're at? If he told you to move, why are you considering if it's the right one? Well, I, I, I don't know. I just want to make sure it's God. If God said it, it's God. 
Now, a lot of us are looking for something. We want God to prove himself before we trust and we walk in his ways. And we're wasting so much valuable time waiting on God. Well, God, if you would just clear that up over there, then I would walk that way. Because we want provision before we see anything happen in our lives. We want God to provide, then we'll move on the provision. That's, that's too easy. That's like saying, Peter, come on, walk on water. And then God speaks, and then a row of cement just comes from the feet of Jesus, goes to the boat. That makes it easy. Because then I can look over the boat and I can make sense of what God said. But you can't make sense of what he speaks. So Peter walks on a substance that would usually drown people. So that's why you can't look at where God's calling you to go. Because it doesn't make sense. You cannot fear the future. You cannot fear where God's calling you. He's going to protect you in the direction he speaks you. This is how we must live. And he begins to walk on a substance that kills people because you drown in water. You suffer in water. But you begin to walk on it because he's not walking on the substance. He's walking on the word. He's not, I'm not fearful of everything else. I keep my eyes on Jesus. He's the prize. He's the ultimate. He's the author. He's the perfecter of my faith. I don't have to fear anything when my eyes are on the person that can, that can save me, that can heal me, that can hold me. But here we are as a body crippled because fear has become our crutch. It's become our habit. It's become our go-to. And fear becomes a more we actually choose to fear more often than we walk in faith. Fear is just faith in the wrong direction. And if you fear long enough, your fear may just come to life. Because fear can be looked at as a prayer. It's also, it could be a prayer in the wrong direction too. Because here you are considering all your fears and what it could do to you. And how bad this could be. And this is not going to work out for me. I want to talk to you like this. There's internal fears. And we know some of these internal fears that we deal with. Fear of failure. Fear of man. Fear of the future. But before I even address those, what about some external fears? Uh, Anybody in here like me, you just hate spiders. Like that is a demonic (laughs) insect. Like. I, I just, I cannot deal with spiders. Like, I'm done. You just, just remove, I'm crashing the car. I don't even care. <laughs> I, I, if there's a spider in the car, congratulations, I'm going to be riding a bike. <laughs> like, that's, that's, that's just, that's how it works with me. And, and, and so whatever it is, you have a fear. Some of the top, um, I looked up some of the top fears. Uh, sharks? Okay, natural. Yeah, nobody wants to get eaten. Uh, one, it was like number two was public speaking. I got to do this every week. And some people are, are like crying at the thought to be in front of people and say words. Now, now it, it started to break down to me because I, I started to realize there's so much more than public speaking. Say that is your fear. Check, check this out. If that is your fear, let's break this down because it's not, the fear is not public speaking. Your fear, I just have a fear of public speaking. That's not your actual fear is to stand in front of people and talk. Your actual fear is probably rejection. Your actual fear is probably humiliation because you said you stumbled over your words. Or your actual fear is that you weren't able to move people. So in fact, your fear is actually fear of man. It's not even. So if we can start to break down 
this fear, you're going to start to see the actual root. Here we are trying to treat symptoms, and symptoms never go away if you just keep covering the symptoms. But we got to get down to the root and realize, no, if I have a fear of rejection, if I have a fear of humiliation and stepping out, if I have a fear of man, I need to realize, why do I have a fear of man's opinion? Why do I have, why? Because I, had, I, I don't need to have a fear of what they think about me. I had a purpose way before they had an opinion. I need to realize who I am. I got to walk in the truth of God. Here you are trying to be validated by somebody that doesn't have the power to validate you. So stop trying to have somebody bring you down with their words. They can't bring you down with their words. You're just believing their words. You're fearful of something that's not even real. This is not truth. I'm just so afraid that people aren't going to like me. Congratulations. Welcome to humanity. Not everybody's going to like you, especially if you're doing something worth noticing. If you walk out in faith and you walk in boldness, not everybody's going to agree with you. Because not everybody agreed with Jesus. And, I mean, for the love of God, we're not even close to that man. <laughs> and if somebody hated him, oh, if I, the more I become like him, guess what's going to happen to us? We're going to be rejected. But you got to know they're not rejecting you. And you're so fearful of failure. Why? Failure is a much better teacher than success. You should be excited to walk where you've never walked and go where you've never gone. Just to realize, you got to realize, I could go through the greats. I can go through Disney and how he was fired at a newspaper. I could go through Michael Jordan and how he was cut from a basketball team. Sometimes it's failure that teaches you what's really in you. You don't need to be fearful of what you're facing because what you're facing is just is developing you into what you're supposed to be. You're called to be great. You're called to be strong. You're called to be bold. You're called to stand out, not to fill in. You're called to be somebody different. Don't look like the world. You can't change a culture you look like. Man, I want to be in a different place where I do not fear. I mean, that's not my that's not going to be my mo that's not going to be my reputation the person that always fears and you know these people they fear the worst possible outcome like all like they they, they they're 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 so exhaustive to even be around these christians you know what i'm saying like like everything is worst case scenario it's just who i am i'm just i'm just not good enough for him that's why he broke up with me i'm just never gonna have somebody they messed up my latte at starbucks i'm depressed today i'm just this is and you begin to go through every reason and you disqualify yourself because this is something that you've just been with and that's just who I am stop declaring who you are because I can tell you without a shadow of a doubt in my mind whoever you're declaring you are you're probably not even close to what God calls you who you are God probably is up there saying, please stop calling yourself a failure. Please stop calling yourself somebody that can't do it, that's just disqualified, that has no giftings, that wishes they were some. Please stop walking in the fear of man, in the fear of failure, in the fear of your future, in the fear of rejection, in the fear of stepping out, because some of you are judging your past and bringing that into your present. Like if I couldn't have a marriage and I got one divorce then, then every marriage must end in the same way. 
No, I'll break that fear. I'll break that spirit because everything will not end up the same way as long as I got the God of new creation in the moment. He's going to make something new out of me. He's going to make something special out of me. I can get remarried and I can raise a family in God's house and I can be the parent God's always called me to be. Don't let one mess up define your existence. You are not the person. Oh, but, but, but that's, this is the result of who I am. I just had a lifetime of fear. You can break it today. That's the beautiful thing about the presence of God. Break that spirit today. Don't make one more decision. Stop functioning in that fear. Don't look in that perspective of fear. You are so crippled by this spirit. You are not even who you're supposed to be. You're wondering why nobody likes you and wants to date you. It's not because you're not pretty or you don't have a good jawline. It's because you're so riddled with fear that everybody that comes around you, you push them out of your life because if you've been hurt once, you're going to get hurt again. And it's a spirit thing. you got to Realize I got them push away the spirit of fear. Fear is, fear is stealing callings possibly more often than sin. Because fear can slip in without ever feeling shame. You can actually walk in fear and think you're walking with God at the same time. You can oftentimes, and I've done this in my life, I've actually called the voice of fear the voice of God. I've even had it encountered when I was talking to people that were thinking about moving here and playing this church with us. Well, God's calling me to do it just in my timing. That was my interpretation of what they were saying. Well, God, God's calling me to do it just... Oh, so you think God's calling you to do it in your timing? What scripture is that? Because so often we turn our feelings into verses. And we write off on what we feel because we've turned a verse and we put it through the system of what we feel and out has come what we only can approve with and the moment that the word of God comes against it, it actually rubs against it so you don't even like reading the Bible anymore because it disagrees with your very existence I feel like speaking straight into some people today and now you're living your life and that's, a, that's the problem with our culture, that's their message, go live your life don't go live your life Go live God's life through you, for you. It's a much better life because you won't search for the temporary pleasures that keep letting the worldly people down. You will actually have eternal fulfillment in Christ and you don't have to fear of what's coming your way. You don't have to fear, am I ever going to be great? Am am I ever going to make it? You don't have to fear, am I ever going to be a great parent? Am I ever going to get married one day? You don't have to fear, am I ever going to get remarried? You don't have to fear, is my marriage going to fall apart? Is this the right person? Did I marry the right person? Let me just tell you, you need to go check your, 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 your marriage certificate. Whatever name is on that certificate, that's the right person. So stop fearing what doesn't even exist because that's what fear is it's a lie it's a myth it's floating in the air and here you are calling it as truth and I'll say it even further fear is listening to a lie believing the lie and then living within that lie fear is listening to a lie believing the lie 
and then living within that lie. But Psalm 27, 1 through 3 says this, The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the stronghold of my life. Whom shall I be afraid? When the wicked advance against me to devour me, it is my enemies and my foes who will stumble and fall. Stop. Let's take a pause right there. Does it say when my enemies think about attacking me? When it t- when, does it say when my enemies uh, gossip about me? When my No, it says when my enemies literally attack me. Can I ask you a question? What happens when your fear becomes real? When what you feared the most is actually in front of you. And now you have to stand up and fight a battle that you never wanted. And you have to face some things in your life. Because it does say that there's going to be an army that besieges you. There's going to be enemies and foes that will come against you. But it simply says this. The moment they come against you. The moment they come against God's kid. God's son and God's daughter. As long as you stand firm. God will fight that battle for you. And it says your enemies will stumble. So all you have to do is win. to win is to keep standing. Is to wake up, wake up again and walk and keep moving forward and keep moving and keep moving and keep moving because the most dangerous thing you can do is keep moving forward. And what does fear do? Stops you. To even go deeper, it actually paralyzes you to where you cannot do what you're supposed to do. And here you are praying to be great, but the only way you can be great is by overcoming the fear and doing what fear is telling you not to do. Because it's keeping you away from a moment that's actually going to develop you into the greatness that you've been praying for. Oh, you, you want to be great? You have to be developed. You want to be developed? Sometimes you need a fire. But you're so fearful that walking through any kind of storm, any kind of situation, anything that's against you, that you won't actually want to be developed. You just want the greatness gift wrapped for you on your front door like Amazon comes in a two-day package. It doesn't work that way. Sometimes you got to go in a dark room. Sometimes you got to go some places and some caves and some life. And you got to learn how to pray sometimes. you got to learn how to warfare sometimes. you got to learn how to call down the Holy Spirit sometimes. you got to pray to you. Got to, pray to, to you make it you got to break through on your own you you can't wait for a Sunday to break through anymore sometimes you got to do it on a Tuesday and you got to wake up and you got to lift your hands to your own ceiling in your bedroom and say God I can't wait one more breath I can't wait one more day I can't live live with this fear any longer I choose to be a worshiper I choose to run after what you got I don't get what I see but I know you got where I'm going so I trust you God with my whole life God, take me to where I've never been, but develop me in a way that I don't even like. Oh, you don't like? You don't like it? It may be good for you. I would refer that as health food. I don't like it. I don't like it, but it's good for you. McDonald's is convenient. It's a drive-through, but it's not good for you. Sometimes you have to go one step further to realize if I get through this fear, I may just become the person the devil's scared of. Why 
would he be putting a wall of fear in front of you if you were useless and worthless and not good enough and disqualified and all those things? The only reason the devil is telling you that is because the moment you realize you're not those things is the moment he goes back to hell right where he belongs and he belongs under your feet. The moment you realize how powerful you are and how much you have on your life, the moment you realize the greatness that is going to come out of you, the moment you realize that the pressing actually produced anointing the moment you realize that there's going to be something that comes out of your life God must turn this into good God's going to work all things out together for my good the moment you realize that the fear is not fatal it's not final I gotta walk in faith then you're going to realize you've been called to do something that nobody has ever seen no eye has seen no ear has heard no mind has imagined what God has in store for you who loves him so is anybody ready to overcome the wall of fear step over to the other side and say I can't stay there anymore I gotta get to where I'm called I gotta go to where I'm called I got a purpose and fear can't hold me back somebody give God praise God, you can't walk in fear anymore. Do you know who you are? First thing, stop listening to yourself on who you are. Secondly, stop listening to the devil on who you are. Thirdly, stop listening to other people declare what you are. That's just what you're not. That's not who I am. I don't care what you call me. You may think I'm not good enough, but my God said I've been knit together in my mother's womb. And I have something special on my life. I feel like preaching. Fear can't hold you, but it can't hold the real you, the actual you, not that fake you, not that facade you that actually walks around like you're fearless, but you're scared of everything that comes your way. You know, it's those people that can raise their hands in church, but never make a move in life. The greatest move you made was from here to here. When God said the only reason you should be lifting your hands is so it gets to your heart one day so you can make a change when you're outside these walls. Whom shall I fear? Where does your confidence come from? Do you rely on God? Because a lot of you think the moment your fear tells you this, the moment that situation is removed or gone, then I can get my confidence back. And you think confidence comes as a result, as an answer to what you think should happen in your life. And the reason you're not confident is because you're waiting. And you're waiting for something that's never going to change because you, ne- you can't buy confidence. You can't attain confidence. You actually live in Confidence. So you're searching for something he already gave you. Just like when God said, I perfected you in love. Why are you trying to go find something in someone else that they can't give you? Here you are hunting this thing down. And it basically breaks down to this. You're either living in fear or you're living in perfect love. You're either living from fear 
are you living from real love? And I'm talking about real love. I'm not talking about emotional love. I'm not talking about the kind of love you can find in someone right down your road. I'm not talking about the love that makes you feel butterflies. I'm not talking about that kind of love. I'm talking about the kind of love that you get God in your life and everything changes and you don't know why that now I don't even have to attain any validation from you. I love you, but I don't need you. I need you to maybe get ahead in life, but I don't need you to tell me that I'm special and I'm loved and I'm pretty. I don't need that. I have full validation, baby. I'm good. And here we are wasting our time searching for a compliment, which is wasting time because we have a calling. And we will run harder after a compliment than we do our calling. Because we want people to approve of who we are. You need to praise God. Nobody's complimenting who you are. Help me, Jesus. You need to thank God. Nobody is complimenting who you are because the moment they compliment who you are, you are now validated in who you are. But God can't have you validated in who you are because that's not who you're supposed to be. There's a better call for you. There's a better life for you. There's a better version of you waiting on the other side of your fear. So you don't need a compliment. You need a call. You need to say, I need to get over this fear. I need to get over my anxiety. I need to get over my stress. I have joy. I have peace. And I am perfected in the love of God. I don't need anybody to tell me anything. I know who I am. I've been shaped by the hands of a father. I've been touched by God. I've been anointed by... This is now who you are. Don't compliment somebody and then you receive your confidence. Your confidence comes from eternal acceptance in Jesus Christ. All you got to do is say yes to the King of Kings and yes to the Lord of Lords. That's it. That's it. You don't need a compliment because that's the approval you don't need because that'll pass by the time you hit those doors and it gave you about a 30 second high and here you are living from moment to moment because you're so fearful of what people think about you and what's going on in your world you can't you don't even have time to sit in his love and realize that love the perfect love of God is what actually repels, casts out, it boots out every ounce of fear in your life. You don't need emotional love. If you did, marriage would be the answer. But marriage is not the answer. Because I can't find hope in my wife. Marriages don't work when the other person becomes the savior. And this is now why me and Lindsay, she walked down and I looked at her and we were looking at each other. I love you, I do. I love my wife with all of my heart, soul, and mind and strength. But I do understand that there's a level of love that you can't give me. I do understand that you're not my ultimate hope. 
that you can't be my breakthrough in moments, that you're not supposed to be my calling. You're actually supposed to be my compliment. So what we did is we were facing each other, but there was at one point where I can't live my entire marriage facing because I know this isn't the answer. Emotional love, and this isn't the answer. So we had to join hands, and we had to look in the same direction. And sometimes you got to turn your back on the crowd, and you got to look in the direction, and you got to join in union with somebody next to you and say, I'm still moving forward. I still got something on my life, but I will not let emotional love become what I chase daily, day in and day out, because what you live by, you'll also die by. And the moment you feel an emotional high, you better believe what goes up must come down. And it's amazing that that's an actual law. Thank you, Holy Spirit. That what must go up in your emotions must come down. But when you live in Christ, he already did that motion. What must go up must come down into the grave. And the moment he resurrected... He said, you need to get off your old lifestyle. You need to get off your old past. You don't need to ride the roller coaster of emotions. He said, I went up and then I went down to hell and I got the keys to death, hell and the grave, including the key to your fear. And I took it back so you don't have to go up and down. In fact, you can stay steady and you can walk through the valley and you can walk through every shadow and you can walk through anything because I'm with you every step of the way. It's time, church, to praise God from a foundation. I don't want to go up and down anymore. I want to rock with God. I want to be with God. Somebody needs to give God a crazy, fearless, broken, free kind